Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the podcast room with Pastor Stephen. My name is Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. Today, we're talking about several things, but before we get started, Pastor Stephen, I have something to say, something to ask. Maybe you have some insight on it. This weekend, this weekend, our two boys went to homecoming, not together, but they went to homecoming. And we were taking homecoming photos, and the oddest thing happened. And I just want to see if you have some clarity on this. After we were taking some photos, or during the whole photo shoot thing, whatever, uh, they said, hey, let's go down to a local supermarket. Piggly Wiggly. The Piggly, well, I didn't know if we could say names. They went they, to the- They're our sponsorless sponsor today, <laughs> the Piggly Wiggly of Port St. Joe. There you go. In Port St. Joe, and they said, let's go take photos on the cereal aisle. They took photos on the cereal aisle. They each grabbed a box of cereal. Like, did we ever figure out what is? Is there like some hidden meaning behind that? Like, I think I think here's what it is: that uh, our sons had uh, two pretty uh, little girl dates, and uh, I think the girls had decided, let's just see what we can talk these guys into doing. <laughs> well, and so the boys were like, all I know is there's some pretty girls that yeah. want to go get some cereal. So uh, yeah, uh, I think that's really kind of what it was. I okay. don't know if there was any symbolic meaning to it. Um, I didn't know if it was like one of these new social media trends, like where you just go take photos on the cereal I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. all i know is my son paid for all four boxes <laughs> with my credit card that was like and fifty dollars and then he you know i guess they decided they were going to divide up who took what cereal and he brought home stinking fruit loops out of all the cereal he could have brought home he brought home the fruit loops I guess, i'll eat fruit loops but they weigh down the line i got cinnamon toast crunch in my see house. i like cinnamon toast crunch and there's a new cinnamon toast crunch that has a graham cracker oh so good oh, really it's almost like a dessert for breakfast it is unbelievable <laughs> i need to try that and uh and i also but, like i like raisin nut brand uh well, crunch you, you the know crunch. they're not gonna pick any of that yeah the that's, uh, that's old man's chur, chur, uh, churros they're good they make a churros cereal i like cereal i've never I love heard cereal. of churro cereal yeah is that a- o's i like o's too o's are really good o's yeah just o's oh like like cheerios like no o just just the letter O. Uh, they're Is good. it like a brand? They're Not just, brand. They're they're but. kinda like they're kinda like Cheerios, except they're bigger and they have a lot more sugar on them. And uh I mean seriously, I I could eat I could eat a cereal at every meal. Matter of fact, I could eat a meal and eat a bowl of cereal there after I eat that meal. Um and uh the uh I don't use whole milk. Um, when I married my wife, she, uh, she, they only ever use skim milk and, mm, and I'm like, skim oh milk, man, that skim milk is so nasty. It is so, um, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like somebody took a half a glass of milk and then poured water <laughs> in with it. 
And so, but I did because I mean, she went and buy, and so I started using skim milk, and then my kids came along. And we started using two percent. I'm like, yeah, two percent. I like two percent. It's okay. So now we, I'm stuck at one percent, and I can deal with one percent. I'm okay with one percent. But my 14 year old, who is who's like six foot one, who's trying to put he's on a tall drink of water. He's who's trying to put on weight. Is he wants whole, whole milk, whole milk, which is like melted ice cream i know i feel like you can blow a bubble with that it is so thick yeah it's crazy uh but anyway i don't know why they did the cereal aisle i'm just i'm i'm chalking it up to young love uh the judge sang about it uh and it's true i was just Uh, curious man like i'd never heard it before they're like hey let's go to cereal aisle at the piggly wiggly i'm like they did it I just I, I'm thinking I'm thinking we send those pictures to the oh, uh, owner of the Piggly Wiggly yeah, in Port St. Joe man. and maybe they could get a I mean uh, they're all good looking sponsorship kids. or something they, yeah, um man. you know be putting the ad of the Port St. Joe <laughs> Gazette <laughs> with all the coupons uh, yeah, for uh, the pig uh, yeah there you go fun weekend it was a good weekend I'm glad they had a good time they had a good time all right so uh this week we uh talking about an examination of the church. And I like how you set it up. You know, you even told the church, you told the audience, hey, it's not it's I didn't set this up like a normal sermon. Um you know, in the way that the text read and came out. But uh man, you just you just start talking about the church on how we need to examine the church, what we need to look at, how the church should run, some of the things in the church, the things church members should do. Um and so your first point is uh man you're just talking about some good things of the church and things that we should have so i'll let you i'll let you kind of speak more into that because i do have a question you're probably not going to answer the question but i do have a question after you get going i'll let you go i'm okay yeah the uh he comes to this passage it's it's almost like it's almost like he just okay hey i'm going to take a couple of verses and just talk about something that well, I know what it is. He's building off of unity in the church, yeah. and he's building off of uh, how um, we've been called to glorify God together. And then he comes along and he says, "Hey, let's let's talk a little bit about the church there at Rome." And he uh, he he Paul sets it up the way that I would a- approach an email to someone that I'm going to have to kind of get on to him a little bit and scold him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he approaches like, hey, let me tell you, I thank God for you. And I thank God for the good things that are happening. He kind of addresses, here's the positives. And then, then oh, by the way, he's like, you know, I've really had to talk uh, boldly to you about some things. And, of course, I sit there and I'm like, Paul, Paul says he's talking boldly. I've written more boldly to you on some points that it would be boldly for us, but – I can't even imagine boldness with Paul because yeah. Paul's pretty bold to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. And then, and the first point, and, and I went all C's this week you is did. what I did on did. my alliteration, but complimentary commendation, that is so redundant. It is unbelievable. Um, but that's what he does. He says, let me, let me talk to you about what's happening right within the church. And so I took that as an opportunity to speak to our church. I know that I've got some friends, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got some friends that once a year uh, they'll they'll preach a sermon on the kind of the state of the church address, almost built like the state of the union address from the president, and they'll 
they'll they'll focus on things that have happened in the past year right. in the church, things that they're doing good, things that they need to work on. Some kind of some vision casting that's there, and uh, and I did that a little bit of that in this sermon. Uh, I don't do a once a year State of the Union address. Right. I, I I systematically work through a book of the Bible, and this is kind of one of those areas that I'm like, well, if I'm ever going to do one, this is kind of where I want to do it because this is exactly what Paul is doing here. Here's some good things about the church at Rome. Yeah. Rome. Here's some things that you need to work on that need to be better right. about the church at Rome. And we took those and we applied it to the church at Highland Park. And I would say to our listeners that don't attend Highland Park, I also think there's there's some great, yeah. uh, great direction there for you. Uh, clearly, we know that everyone is supposed to be a part of a local church, that that's how we uh, exercise the gifts that we've been given. That's how we come together as the body of Christ. That's how we grow in our uh, in our worship and we grow in our work and we grow in our uh, in our doctrine and our faith. The writer of Hebrews tells us, hey, listen, don't don't forsake the assembling together. Don't quit coming together as some has have done. Don't be like others and say, yeah, I don't have to go to church. I mean, there may be even somebody listening to this podcast today, and you're like, well, that's kind of how I do my church. I do church through podcast and, and uh, um, you know, uh, online and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing that compares to being there in person, yeah. Yeah. being there in person. So I'd challenge you, man, find a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and get involved in a local church. Uh, to be able to be used uh, by him to accomplish great and mighty things and to be able to reach your community. Well, and I thought it was good for the church to hear from you about, you know, uh, how good the church is doing and like some of the things. Like, again, you're giving these commendations to the church. Um, and I, I just thought it was neat. Like, I don't think there's a lot of pastors who are going to take the time to set it up the way that you did. Um, and I, I just thought it was neat. Like, even, even though I'm on staff, you know, we hear this stuff on a regular basis, but, you know, sitting in the congregation, sitting with my wife and sitting with my family and sitting with some of the friends around us, like it was, it was neat to hear, hear all these things and all the good stuff that the church is doing. And, you know, just to kind of go through some of your points, you know, under this complimentary, I can't even say the word, under these commendations, there is, um, you know, committed leadership, there is constant generosity. You started talking about this champion for missions. We're constantly changing. So can you can you speak on some of those? Uh, and and I want to talk to you about this giving thing, this constant generosity. But uh, sure, committed leadership. I mean, any any organization needs a, a head, and we know that the church is the body of Christ, and Christ is the head. He is the bride. We are the groom. Excuse me. He is the groom. We are the bride, and um, and he has blessed us with folks in leadership areas and positions that are gifted in uh, in certain things to to uh, that are uh, that help us as we function as a church. And so, one of the things that I think is important is that the leadership understands who they are following. Yeah, uh, that it is Christ's church. I've I've never. You know, I didn't. I didn't shed a single drop of blood on the cross yeah. for the church. Um, you know, the church is not my bride. the 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 church uh, is something that I'm a part of, and it's not meant to be exhausted on me. It's meant to accomplish the mission 
of Christ. What is the mission of Christ? He, he said, I came to serve and not be served. I came down to lay down my life yeah. uh, as a ransom. And so uh, we need committed leadership. And I would say this as well. Let us be careful. Leadership that we have or we need in the church are those that are uh, surrendered to Jesus Christ. That I think a lot of churches have found themselves in difficult positions because they've elevated people to leadership mm. that had no business being yeah. in that leadership position. Yeah. And I get it that there are some churches, there's a void of leadership, maybe smaller churches, and they're like, well, we had to have somebody, and let's stick them in there. And a uh, philosophy that I was taught early on in ministry that I even say to our staff over and over again, it's better to have nobody than the wrong body. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, be careful when it comes, you know, scripture even says, uh, leaders will be held doubly accountable. Yeah. And so, um, we thank God for that. Our church is blessed with an amazing, uh, number of leaders that get what it means, uh, to be serving in the church, uh, on behalf of Christ. And so, uh, we're, we're thankful for that. You're going to come back to the constant generosity. I mean, we're, we're called to be generous. One of my mentors in the faith, Dr. Johnny Hunt, which we're efforting to get Dr. Johnny here on our podcast. And I'm thinking that's going to be a big day. Yeah. It, and it may even be a situation next week uh, to where he can All be right. on it, which would be awesome. All um, right. Just a wealth of knowledge and uh, unbelievable expositor when it comes to God's word. But uh, one of the things that uh, Johnny, I've heard him say over and over, you don't have to be rich to be generous. Mm. You have yeah. to be generous to be generous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. He just means it's an attitude, right? Um, and so uh, we're, we're... So simple. We're, we're, yeah, we've been called to be generous. Yeah. Um, and the things that we spend our money on, I was looking at this the other night. Oh, I know what it was. I was, uh, I, I was asked to um, do the request or the appeal at our uh, our local pregnancy center, I was the one that got up and said, "Hey, we want you guys to give." But you're you're a big part of that organization. You still absolutely. On the board? I'm yeah. on the board there and have been active a part of that for several years. And so, uh, but anyway, in my appeal, I looked up all the different things that we spend our money on, and it's just amazing that a skinny vanilla latte at Starbucks is like five bucks. Yeah, the venti. And uh, first of all, I, I've never drank anything in my life that has skinny attached to it. <laughs> and um, Not even that skim milk. Yeah, it should be called skinny milk. Uh, but uh, skinny people would yeah. say, you, you, it's crazy. Some of the skinniest people I know drink whole milk and eat terribly. So yeah. uh, genetics, buddy, uh, yeah. take, play, play a huge yeah. part. But the, uh, the things that we spend our money on and, and you know, the very fact that we even have the resources that we have been given to us by God is so that we may use that to make much of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are some churches out there that they don't follow that model. They don't, I mean, even our church, man, if our church tithed a 10% and we're not even saying give, and, give over and above right. 10%, which is, which I believe biblically is not something you have to even pray about. And I know there's some folks that say, well, you know, that was the old Testament and the, yeah, that he abolished the law, and so you, you you don't have to tithe in the New Testament. Well, I would agree he did do away with some of the law. He even said, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. But you get over in the New Testament, and there's one principle that over and over again, he 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 
he doesn't get rid of. If anything, he continues to build on, and he makes uh, – I would say he makes clear. You can go to Matthew 16, I believe, where he talks about it there. But that's tithing. Yeah. So I don't sit there and say – I never pray and say, should I tithe? Does God want me to tithe? No. I, I where, where my prayer is, should I give more? Is he calling me to give more? Is yeah. he calling me to give an offering? Uh, and an offering is over and above a tithe. So if everybody in our church tithe, those who make a lot of money, those who make a little bit of money, if everybody tithed, our budget, which, I mean, our giving is it's getting close to $4 million a year, it would be double that yeah. if everybody tithed. So, and, and I guess that's kind of where my question is. First, I, well, before that, like, thank you for the, you know, the cool things that you said about staff and the support that you have for the staff under you. I mean, again, that's just huge for us to be able to hear you say that publicly. Um, you know, I was, I kind of had a little joke here that I was going to say, hey, can you talk more about how good your staff is? But that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. But, you know, my question on this on this generosity thing because you did share, you know, how much the church gave, and again, you were you were giving an accommodation to them, like telling them, "Hey, this is what you have done as a church." Um, and then every week, whenever you talk about this act of worship in giving, um, do you get negative response from people? Because you mention giving on a weekly basis, and and I sit in there every week, and you're not you're not saying you know give because that's what you're supposed to do. Like you you're telling them and training them and teaching them that hey, you know this giving is an act of worship. It is you know greater than just the moment. Like it's it's a it's a big thing in the kingdom of God to give. Do you get negative feedback from people? I do not. Okay. Now that's not saying that some folks may not approach it negatively, but yeah. But I don't get I don't get any feedback and, okay. and I, I, it has been such a uh, uh, it's been in the forefront of our church for as long as I've been here. Uh, again, we don't approach it as uh, oh hey we're 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 running light in the uh, yeah. in 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 the bank so yeah. you guys give uh, no it's not about it's not about giving unto the church or the church needing it's about being a, obedient and faithful to God and I even made a statement in the in the sermon yesterday that um more than uh more than god needs my money i need to give my yeah. money yeah. That, that i need it, it's it's an act of faith i put my faith and trust in him to provide for my needs so i'm going to give back a portion of that to him trusting again that he's going to provide for my needs so no i okay. I, I get no negative feedback there and we i try to every single week yeah i'll even try to highlight something <clears throat> Um, that our church's faithful giving has helped us be able to accomplish and be able to minister to other people. And then I always will say, I mean, I mean, my goodness, I almost probably say verbatim the same thing every week in the service. Hey, this is not an add-on. This is, this is an act of worship. For yeah. some, it'd be the biggest act of worship that you do today. More, more important than singing a song or praying a prayer, it's, it's you sitting there and taking the God of the universe at his word that he is going to make sure you're provided for and you're going to return you're going to return what he has already blessed you in your life with. And I would encourage our listeners, don't let that be the leftovers, right? Don't tip mm, God. Yeah. Uh, let it be the first fruits. So before I do anything else, right, before I pay uh, a mortgage payment or rent, before I uh, pay a car payment, insurance, whatever the case is. That vente latte. Yeah, that that it's a, it's a skinny 
Uh, oh, sorry. Skinny. Skinny. Vin- I, uh, I can't remember anyway. Coffee. Um, I just need coffee. So the, I tell folks, let it be the first, the very first thing, right? That way it's not I'm going to give to him the leftover, but I'm giving to him the very first, the, ve- the best of what I have. So that's that tithe. And then the part of the miraculous is him, watching him uh, cause the rest to, to, to stretch and to be able to provide for us. Now, I do think, it's, I do think we have a uh, faulty view in our society today. We don't understand the difference between a need and a want. Mm. That can get us in trouble. Mm. Um, things that we believe are – I mean, cable – we've talked about this. Cable TV yeah. is not a need. Um, Sirius XM is not a need. Um, but uh, anyway, he'll provide. Oh, I was just, I was just curious on you know, because uh, I know growing up there was this stigma that churches always just tried to get you to give your money, and you know there was this negative thing on it. So I, the way you approach, it, I think it's good. I was just curious if you got the feedback on it. Um, so you you started talking about again in these accommodations of the church, the champion for missions were constantly changing. There's continuing growth. Uh, so. I guess my question on this, and I would like you to maybe speak on this. You talked about that growth is good, but why? Why? Why is growth good? Why you were because you were talking about small churches and big churches and different things like that. Why? Why would you say the growth is good? Well, I don't think there's an in between. I think either an organization or organism is growing, or it's dying. Mm, yeah, and. Maintenance is not, <laughs> maintaining is not growth. Um, you you look at we we see this sown throughout nature. Um, we see it within the the you know the animal kingdom. I mean, right? Growth, 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 um, and uh, health. And I would say again, health brings forth growth. Um, there are folks that I have had. Well, I say this. I, I don't I don't know that this is the case, but in previous churches, again, Highland Park's just a good church. Yeah, it's been a great church for me yeah. and my family. And you, they, they they would have to pull me away from this place, kicking and screaming. The uh, so a lot of the things that I say about bad experiences are, are are places that I've served before here, and I've I've had folks, you know, hey, you focus too much on numbers, and I'm like, well, I, I get where somebody could see that, but my focus on numbers is it really numbers is the only thing that you can gauge. And when I think of a number, I think of a soul that represents a soul. Well, and, and speaking from a staff member under your leadership, like you've said, you know, hey, it, number is a, well, excuse my language, but it's, it's a butt in a seat, like, because they can hear, they're going to be able to hear the gospel. They're going to be able to hear the good news of Jesus when we get them here. So, uh, I, I mean, I agree with that. Do we have to, a producer, do we have to beep out butt in a seat? Don't sure they'll let us know the FCC. Do they regulate podcasts? <laughs> Do they for real? All right, they regulate podcasts. We've talked about giving uh, getting Journey a mic so he can speak every now and then. I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid it'd be like waking up the bear. Well, we have to put explicit on our on our tag. You know, the unchangeable truth, explicit content. Because I said it's it's a rear end in a seat. <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, well, growth, growth. People have this idea, oh, anything big's bad. 
Well, no, I, I would disagree with that when it comes to the local church. And, and please hear me. I'm not saying little churches are bad. I'm not saying that. If they're reaching people for Jesus, yeah. and it could be they're reaching people to Jesus and they're for Jesus and they're planting other churches. They're they're uh, you know doing different things within the community. Uh, it's been my experience that so many, and and this could be true of not only small churches but large churches, become so inwardly focused that they have forgotten the mission of the church yeah. is not to create a club for the saved. Right? It is for us to continue to reach out to the lost for Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make much of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, you say, well, I make much of the gospel of Jesus, and nobody gets saved. Okay, I believe that can happen. But here's what I also know can happen. A lot of people aren't getting saved because we're not making much of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he has already Mm. decided, I mean, that he is choosing to get the gospel message out through the faithful witness of his people. So uh, the example that I gave is the church at Jerusalem in the book of Acts. I mean, my goodness, we see that growth over and over and over and then he made it very clear, hey, the Lord's the one who adds. He's the one who gives the increase. You got the day of Pentecost, and Peter, Peter's there preaching, and my goodness, the Holy Spirit fell down. 3,000 folks get saved. I'm sure he was even scratching his head thinking, wow. And I really didn't even preach a good message. Hmm. And, and, and there have been times, same way with me, I'm like, oh, I wish I had that, do, that one to do over again. And then God's like, well, just to let you know who's in charge here. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's the one who gives. He's the one who gives. Journey and I were talking before the podcast. One of the things that we're seeing in our church is uh, such, uh, uh, such fast, uh, sustained growth, especially among children and teenagers and, and your group, young adults in college that we desperately need more space and we desperately need more parking. And when you build more buildings, you lose parking, but yet you have to increase parking. And so it's just a, it's, it's a rock and a hard place. And, you know, the producer's like, maybe we could just put some big stout men at the doors and say, okay, nobody else is allowed to come in here. Um, I feel like that there are some folks that they, they don't say that, but they approach church that way because I've had folks say to me before, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, your church has gotten too big. Well, first of all, it's not my church. Yeah, I'm as shocked as anyone that 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 people would come and and listen to me preach. Mind blowing, but it's not my church. I didn't add. And my goodness, if I if I had the capacity to see what we've you know to do what we've seen happen around here at Highland Park, are you kidding me? I would waste it on things that don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd go out and I'd get people to buy into my pyramid scheme or something and <laughs> buy an island somewhere where they don't have hurricanes. Yeah. The, uh, but I would just say this, you know, be careful. Be careful to sit there and say, I don't want to be a part of this church because it's getting too big. Instead, approach it this way. I don't want to be a part of this church because the gospel is not at the forefront of what they do. I don't want to be a part of this church because they don't love people. Mm. I don't want to be a part of this church because doctrinally they're not sound. I mean, those are some good reasons to not be a part of a church. Um, but, I mean, if if you're true to the gospel and God's spirit falls and he adds the increase, then you celebrate that. I mean, why, since when has it become wrong for us to celebrate the fact that people are getting saved and they're following through in believer's baptism and they're inviting their friends and their families yeah. to come and 
and we're seeing that happen in their lives and there's being a change that is taking place, uh, man, that's something to celebrate right there. I mean, I know we celebrate we celebrate foolishness. Mm. I mean, we celebrate mm. raises. We celebrate promotions. We celebrate our ball team winning or losing, which, you know, the Vols are they're 5-0 and right now, but they're meeting up against the evil empire this weekend. <laughs> uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, and I don't follow a lot of college football, yeah. but I knew what you meant by that. Yeah, Alabama, they barely beat A&M. <laughs> And I mean, seriously, A&M had a chance to beat them on the last play of the game. Should have. Should have. Why they decided to go to the outside, they've been eating it up across the middle. I have no idea. Anyway, whatever. I wish Alabama would have won by 100 points because it was such a close game. You know Saban is going to whip those boys into shape. And this Saturday, they're, uh, I mean, I'm just telling you, I don't have a good feeling. I don't have a good feeling. Maybe if you pray harder. Yeah, right? we're, we're, we're thinking about having works. a special prayer meeting yeah. Friday night right down here, 2611 Highway 231, That's right. praying um, for, for, the, for the orange and white. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we celebrate. We rejoice over foolish things. I was watching a game the other night, and people yelling and screaming, and some of the just – just downright silly cheers yeah. Yeah. that they do, yeah. and yet they're wanting us to clap in church. What? That's that seems weird. That seems disrespectful. What he he wants us to shout hallelujah? What? Yeah, that doesn't seem right. But yet you've been, you know, gig them, Aggies. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? What does that even mean? Um, but yet, you know, 85, 95-year-old women are up in the crowd. Give them Maggie's. And they have the sign. We're going to saw that bull's horns off. And I mean, they're not even playing Texas anymore. And they're still singing about yeah. sawing his horns off. And then they yeah. then they have a sign that's just downright. It's it's crude. Yeah. And like grandmas are doing it. Yeah. And you're like, well, if we're going to celebrate stuff like that, how about we celebrate the fact that, I mean, Jesus is growing a church. Yeah. Since when is it wrong to be prideful of what the work of Christ does? Yeah. That's the way I approach it. Well, and I was talking to some of the other staff boys around here, and we were, man, we were just in awe of, you know, who God is bringing to our church. You know, we're, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing people that are unchurched who are coming in and hearing the gospel, and they're trying to take that gospel back to their family. We're seeing people baptized that, you know, young students or young adults who the first one in their family baptized and they're going back and they're telling their family and we're seeing families get saved because of the, you know, one person here got saved. Like, it's just neat how it happens, you know, and I was talking to somebody the other day about how, man, this, this idea of, you know, growth is contagious. The idea and whenever you see people evangelize, that's, it's contagious. Like it's exciting. You want to see people get saved, and it, and when it happens, it it it's really neat to sit back and see how God worked through that. Bill Hybels, who started uh, Willow Creek up in the greater Chicago yeah. area back in the seventies, and and Hybels and um, Rick Warren were kind of from the, of the same model. Now Hybels, unfortunately, in 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 recent years, you know, there were some more moral struggles mm. and stuff there. Uh, but he wrote a book, and I read it as a young minister, and the title of the book is this, Christianity is Caught, Not Taught. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and we've seen it. Like, it, it's been, uh, again, you know, my wife my wife and I, have, and I will have conversations about just the, you know, my ministry specifically, but we'll talk about the people that are in the room. And, 
I'm like, I don't know what is happening. Like, how is this? And she reminds me on a regular basis, you know it's not you, right? And I'm like, yes, I know it's not <laughs> yeah. me. Like, yeah, it I is got a the, wife like that. Yeah, but it, it I mean, it's true. Like, yeah. it, God's doing an amazing right. work. And I know, say yeah, it this way, Ryan. Not because of, in spite of. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> in spite of me, he's yeah. doing this. I, I promise you, I'm as shocked as any of you that I get to pastor a church uh, like Highland Park. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we celebrate that. And I would encourage our listeners as well, man, look around, look around uh, your church, celebrate what God is doing. Uh, I have folks, a lot of times they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I, I just really want to work in the church. How do I yeah. figure out where I work in the church? Do I need to do a survey? Do I need to do this or that? And yeah, there's some certain things that you do, but yet <clears throat> I just tell folks, look around, see where God's at work and get to work. Uh, use the gifting that he's given you uh, in your local church and uh, always look for an opportunity to brag on Jesus. Yeah, for sure. All right, so on your next point, you kind of you start to shift gears a little bit, and you start to challenge us. Like you, you say there's this challenging charge, and redundant. You, it's redundant. Did I just say that? No, I no. Those are the words I came up with. Oh. It's redundant. I mean, a charge is a challenge. Well, true, so challenging true. charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, just, you're you're encouraging. Like you're saying, hey, here yeah. it is. This is what you need to do. And um, you mentioned five things. We got to comprehend how large church functions uh you talk a little bit about facilities and then you even talk about marriages like consider intentional strategies to save marriages and that's kind of where i wanted to uh maybe spend some time on that and you talk about cultivating a prayer life Mm -hmm. so um so i'll I'll let you kind of roll that how you want to but uh i I think the I, i think it'd be good to talk about marriages for a second well, let's do it. Let's talk yeah. about marriage. So why, man. why, why in the strategy of a church, in the in the charge to a church, why is your heart moving towards this idea of, of marriages? So we're building off of church unity. That's what he's been laying out in chapter 15. Which and is even, a big deal. Absolutely. Right? Even chapter 14, you yeah. know, the whole thing there about to eat meat, to not eat meat, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the statement that I made in the message is, you know, here's Satan, and, uh, you know, I'm convinced that he realizes that he's not going to come in and destroy the unity of our church. <clears throat> Excuse me. And instead, he's going to do it one couple at a time. Mm. And a very seldom does a week go by that I don't hear of a couple that right. is in some way affiliated with our church who's not having marriage problems, right. difficulties. There are some weeks it's more than one. Yeah. It's uh, it's epidemic, um, and I don't think it's anything that is unique to Highland Park or to our community. I think it's, I think it's a, uh, a symptom of a much deeper pro- problem, which we know is uh, sin and the fact that the devil is trying to destroy every home and every marriage and and everything else. And so, yeah, intentional strategies and saving marriage is just like we develop intentional strategies when it comes to church growth, when it comes to missions, uh, when it comes to um, discipling uh, new believers, even when it comes to new members and um, senior adult ministry. I mean, we could keep going on all day. We don't just sit there and just kind of 
shoot from the uh, shoot from the hip on the way that we do these ministries. We have well thought out plans and how we're going to utilize resources. And I think it should be the same way when it comes to saving marriages. Now, here's what you and I know: none of us could save marriages. We don't have that capability within us. But God has given us resources so we can use them over and over to point people to the one who can save yeah. marriage, and we can give them some helps. Yeah. Uh, some strategies. I, I We've talked about this in here before. Uh, the time to develop a strategy when it comes to your marriage is before you need a strategy. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, have a plan ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, but, that, yeah, I mean, it's just something that God's really, over the last several months, placed upon my heart about – you know, um, just like we have staff people that are devoted to other areas, man, I think I think there's a huge need, not only within our church, but I would say even within our community, yeah, for sure, of a, of a probably full time staff guy that yeah. that does have the capability to do uh, marital counseling, and I know I know we do marital counseling between all the different staff guys, and uh, there's just no way that we have the time to devote to it like is needed to be devoted to it. And, uh, and we do utilize outside counseling resources and we thank God for that. Uh, but someone that not only does counseling, but someone they're on the forefront and they're, they're intentional yeah. about, you know, different studies and different things to, to help these marriages be strong before there's a need for them to even be strong. Yeah, no, that's good because I mean, I, I do deal a lot with, you know, marriage counseling, things like that. And so I have seen it. Um, I've seen the number. I've seen the people. I've seen the problems. So I want to maybe ask you from a, a senior pastor standpoint, what what would you identify as maybe a major problem among these married folks who are having issues? Like what – I don't know if you can answer that question. Yeah. I'm, kinda well, th- I'm springing that on you. No. But like what, what, what's the problem? Like why is there so many marriages that are struggling? I'd say misplaced happiness. One of the mm. comments that I receive or I hear so much in uh, marriage counseling is, and it can come from the man or the woman, but they'll say something like this. Well, they just don't make me happy anymore. Wow. And I try to I almost laugh when I hear that because I've heard it so much because I know what my response is going to be. And lovingly, I try to say, hey, that's the problem. Yeah. that They never were given to you to make you happy. Yeah. Uh, there's an argument that be, that can be made that God gives us our spouses to make us holy. Um, and uh, there's a great book out there that that we've led people through, and I always give to my premarital counseling folks, and it's called When Sinners Say I Do. Yeah. And uh, just a great perspective of, hey, did you know that you're a dirty little sinner and you're marrying a dirty little sinner? And yeah. let's just go ahead and get that right. If you're expecting them to bring you joy that can only be fulfilled through your relationship with Jesus Christ and the growth that comes through that, then it, your marriage is going to be a failure every time. Um, well, he doesn't make me happy anymore. Well, the reality is there are days that he probably makes you happy and there are days that he probably doesn't make you happy. But Again, uh, my my happiness is built upon the relationship that I have with Christ. Yeah, and there are days that 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 I'm I'm called to sow into my spouse's life, um, for their own benefit and not for my satisfaction. Yeah, um, and so this whole idea of a marriage was given to us. So that uh, it may fulfill some deep-seated, um, uh, lacking 
is I think it's flawed to begin with. Yeah. No, I thought that was good. Like I, I think that shows the heart of what we're trying to do and what you're trying to do as a as a leader. I just thought I think it's again, I go back to what I said earlier. I think it's good for the church to hear these things and kind of, you know, just talking about the good stuff that has happened, the good stuff that's happening, the good things that are going to happen. And you even talk about this uh, cultivating a prayer life. And I like what you said, you know, you said scripture, no, nowhere in scripture it says it's called a house of, it's not called a house of preaching. It's called a, it's called a house of prayer. Um, so when you talk about cultivating a prayer life, uh, what do, what do you mean by like how do we do this as a congregation? I just think being more intentional, and I think keeping it before our people, uh, both individually and corporately. And uh, I, I've really been studying some churches and looking at some things they do. Where um, I, I don't like to use the terminology prayer meeting because if you grew up in a Baptist church, you yeah. have this idea of everybody gossiping about everyone else. And Sunday then, nights at 6 p.m. Yeah. was our prayer meeting. Well, and then you spend 10 minutes in prayer, and uh, you're just sitting there, and you're like, oh, this is horrible. Um, and, and, and and it was prayer meeting, and, and there may have been a little bit of prayer going on, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about maybe like a symphony of prayer. Mm. I'm talking about services devoted entirely to corporate prayer and and maybe even you know kind of uh weaving that more into our regular corporate worship services and uh having special prayer emphasis pray about this this and this or let me you know we're gonna as a church body we're gonna approach a 40 days of prayer or uh, just, just something that God's laid on my heart, and and with our church, I'm not even saying that people aren't praying at all. I, right. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, I, clearly there are some things that are happening that are only um, probably uh, you know evidence of prayer that's taking place. But the, um, I, I just don't think we're ever we ever sit there and say, you know what, I pray too much. Right, right. Man, my church, whew, what a praying church. I wish they had let off that prayer a little bit. Um, and I made a statement. It's true, and I I, I expected somebody to amen it real loud, and it was just kind of crickets in both services. And like, hey, it's okay for you guys to amen it. I'll amen it. But you know, I believe I believe probably uh, God does more in people's lives during ten minutes of real prayer than in than in in the first service. I said ten of my sermons, nobody said amen. The second service, I'm like ten years of my sermons, nobody said amen. So there you go, uh, journey. Just amen that one. <laughs> Get him a mic. Um, get him a mic. Get him a mic. The but yeah, I mean prayer. Absolutely. I was talking to a guy after service yesterday, and he's a new believer. Um, and um, he, uh, it's weird. He was raised in church. He did confirmation classes and all that kind of stuff. And then, then they started coming here. Yeah. Him and his wife. Yeah. And he uh, he waited and waited waited to talk to me. And then finally, uh, I was able to talk to him. And he's like, man, I don't know what it is. Man, I don't know what it is. You just have the ability. Every Sunday, I'm like, I don't think he's going to be able to say anything that's really going to touch me. He's like, every Sunday, man, it's crazy. And I'm like, hey, I, I appreciate that. You mean that as a compliment. Hey, man, I said, it's please. not you. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Tucker. Um, the, I, But I told him, I said, yeah. I said, man, I'm just saying there's something about the, the Bible is where God – I say what I say, and supernaturally, the Holy Spirit yeah. of God does something with yeah. that before it hits your ears, and 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 it's just the craziest thing. It has nothing to do 
with who the messenger is. It has everything to do with the power of the message, yeah. uh, which is, is, is the gospel of Christ. And, you know, in the Bible gives us a lot of promises. It says if we, uh, if we lift up Christ, all men will be drawn into him. So if we keep lifting up Christ, yeah. then he keeps doing the, yeah. the crazy supernatural stuff. So, um, but prayer, man, prayer, it's not second. Yeah. Let, let us, yeah. I mean, and we all find ourselves sitting there, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things, and I, man, I had to, I had to whittle this sermon down. I still went longer than normal um, because I knew all the things I wanted you had to talk 15 about. Fifteen points. <laughs> I know. Well, but one of one of the things that I that I'd put down under my prayer life is in my own personal prayer life. Uh, I'm going to quit saying I'm going to pray about that, only to never pray about that. Mm. That instead, yeah. And I've gotten pretty good about this, but I need to work on it. Instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna start praying right then and there. Yeah. Right then and there, and I would challenge our listeners, man, yeah. if you come up on somebody, um, and maybe even do this tomorrow at work or with a friend at school, wherever you may find yourself, uh, walk up to a coworker or a friend and just start talking to them and say, hey, listen, I was just thinking about you this morning in my prayer time. How could I, is, there, is there a way that I could pray for you? How could I pray for you? And when they share that with you, just say, cool, could we just stop and pray right now? Yeah. So have you seen that be effective where you just stop and pray? pray for them like on the spot like is there what's the benefit or have you seen benefits of that yeah absolutely i mean every now and then you'll get you'll get somebody that'll say no i don't i don't i don't need you to pray for me or i don't want you to pray for me and and, that, and that's okay the overwhelming majority of people they're going to yeah. be they're going to be they're going to be appreciative and they're going to probably even be emotional that you would even stop and ask them, how could you pray for them that you were thinking of them? And so what's going to happen is you're going to do that over and over. And the next thing you know, it's not going to be you going to them saying, Hey, how can I pray for you? It's going to be them coming to you yeah, saying, Hey, would you pray for me about this? Yeah. And I would just encourage you. I know the temptation is always, I am busy. I got to hurry up. I got to do this. Instead of instead of you stopping and um, or instead of you saying, "Hey, yeah, I'll pray. I'll I'll put you on my prayer list," hmm. which means I don't have time right now. I'll right. pray later. I'll put you on my prayer list. We've all been guilty of saying that. That instead, just stop and take the two to three minutes and say, "You know what? How about we just pray right now? How about we pray right now?" Um, and use some discretion there. You know, yeah. if it's something, yeah. if it's something that is very personal and. Uh, could be embarrassing. I mean, you know, you might want to get a little, a little better private area, right? Um, but uh, I would challenge our listeners tomorrow, wherever yeah. you find yourself, go, go and do that. Um, ask people how you can pray for them. And so you closed on this last thing of um, contend to see more people saved and baptized. Uh, and and again, you know, you've mentioned this from the stage, like we see. We see baptisms almost every week, and you know, and it's so neat just to be a part of that whole thing. Um, and I think that's one of the good things about our church is, you know, staff-wise, leadership-wise, the people that are involved. Like I think there is this desire for people to hear the gospel, to tell the gospel, and see people saved and baptized from it. So I. I I com- I from a staff person like I commend our church for that. Um, I just I don't know. I thought it was a great ending to the sermon. Well, and and celebrate what you expect. Yeah, and we 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 do we make a big celebration out of baptism yeah. and celebrate what you expect. And uh, I had somebody 
um, not too long ago. They said, so what, 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 it, what, is, what, is, what is the ultimate goal? What, what is it that we hit to where we know, all right, all right, man, we've done it. We've finally gotten there. What is the number? And I'm like, yeah. you talking about salvation and baptism? Yes. What is the number? And I said, more. <laughs> right. Yeah. More. Because there are people that are dying every day that they're headed to hell. Yeah. You know, how, how big are you going to grow that church? <laughs> Somebody several years ago got the church. They said the church gotten too big and they, they were leaving to go somewhere else. And, and you know, um, just how big you want that church to get? And I'm like, well, I want us to reach more. More that I can't. I can't put a number on that. I'm just like putting a number on a soul, putting a number on a community. Um Man, as long as we, we keep preaching Jesus and let him keep coming, you know. Uh, so I, I promise you, I didn't set out with a plan. Ooh, this is the size church I want to yeah. be a part of. you got to understand, I mean, the church I grew up in, I remember High Attendance Day was 100. And we hit it, and we're like, oh, my gosh, we had 100 in church. I remember 100. So, so this guy, you know, I wasn't sitting there as a child. Again, I'm as shocked as anyone that he would have let me, that he would let me not only pastor, but let me be a part yeah. of what he is doing here at our church. Yeah, and um, and who knows? I mean, it may all stop tomorrow, uh, but let it not stop because we quit telling. Yeah, for sure. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know our vision, our mission statement is love God, love people, tell the story. Thank you for teaching us how to love God. Thank you for teaching us how to love people, and thank you for teaching us how to tell the story. So, thank you for listening to the Unchangeable Truth. And we'll see you next week. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida. And we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there, so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.